The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome back for post-game back-to-back. The Memphis Grizzlies fall short to the LA Lakers, 121 to 118. I'm your host, David Williams. This is Hoop Ball Grizz. I've got Mr. Isaac Simpson with me. Isaac, what'd you think about tonight's game, man? Yeah, man, another another great basketball game. I mean, we're three games into the season. I mean, you go back to last night, a great basketball game where the Grizzlies were show resiliency, were able to fight back in that one, and kind of same thing tonight, except this time they they come up a little bit short, man. Uh, Lakers, a lot, a lot of body blows in the game. The Grizzlies just kept coming back, coming back, and a chance to, to, get, to kind of tie that thing in the end, man. Tough. You go to the free throw line, got to make three, man. That's a lot of a lot of pressure, man. John Morant calmly knocked down the first two, missed the third one, but I, I don't think this team has anything to hang their hang their head on, man. You kind of knew with the Lakers situation going 0 2 at home coming into this game, you were going to get their best, best shot. And uh, again, just come up a little bit short tonight, but I think a, a lot of positives to go out of this game. And Coach Jenkins talked about it in the post game that even though they lost this game, he felt like they got better tonight. I think you feel pretty good about this team going forward despite the loss. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I mentioned something. In our uh, preseason shows, I, I talked about the things that I would like to see John prove on it, and free throws was one of them. You know, nine from 11 from the free throw line is not a bad night from the line at all. Uh, just an untimely miss on that last one there. But I, I think it to put yourself in that situation after the way, like the Grizzlies kind of started slow in this game, but really, yeah. you know, the Lakers came out. There were a lot of early lapses on defense, and then unfortunately those lapses showed up some in the fourth quarter. But uh, Taylor Jenkins spoke to that in, in the postgame presser. He, he said, you know, we, we just kind of come out and, and you know, we were not down that much at half, but we dug ourselves in, in a hole by the way that we were playing. So, you know, hopefully moving forward they can get off to a, to a better start. And, again, you know, two and one and losing this game, a three-point game to, uh, you know, a team that's uh, – championship favorite hey, you know not a bad night man it, just a few things I, I think Desmond said it you know he said a few things didn't you know a few balls didn't bounce our way so we ended up losing the game it, it could have very well you know bounced the other way and they won this game you know Kyle Anderson has been really struggling early in the season it's kind of tough to watch you know he, he was one for eight from the field tonight He's, a, he's only shooting 25% from the field coming into tonight, so this one for eight doesn't help him any. But, you know, just a few things from these guys go in the opposite direction. And, and you know, we're talking a, a big difference, a different uh, different turnout in this game. Yeah, I mean, they could easily be 3-0 and right now. Um, and Desmond was at, after the game about John and Miss free throw and kind of how they felt about the situation. And he's like, man, they're not worried about Jaw at all. I mean, they said that that's their guy. He's going to be an all-star. He's an all-NBA level player, and they want to go to war with him. Um, and and Jaw was asked about how he felt about that. And he says, "Great that his teammates, you know, his teammates has his back, and, and he has their back as well." And I thought that was really great to see. But early on in the game, you go back into to, to the first quarter. I, I think what one thing that really bothered the Grizzlies, the Lakers did a really good job of of, of trying to force the ball out of Jaw's hand. Every time Jaw went to make his move or try to get to his spots, they they hedge over an extra defender, um, and it kind of made him get a ball up. And then when he gave it to other guys, you got into a lot of ISO basketball, and, and that's not the Grizzly style. Uh, they're, they're a team-oriented uh, basketball team, and, and ISO is kind of not their game. And Lakers kind of forced them into ISO, and then when you get an ISO going, going against their size and trying to go to the basket against that length, it, it's really tough. And I think that's kind of what we saw 
especially early in the game. The Grizzlies kind of made some adjustments. They were down six at the half. Uh, they were able to get Ja going, and once Ja gets going, it kind of gets the whole team going. And that's kind of what we saw in the second half. I mean, Ja just took over. I mean, he just looked like all-star, all-NBA-level player, like Desmond said in the second half, and just kind of carried the team. And, and when he's playing well, just seemed to, seemed to like the whole team does. And, and that's what we saw. But, again, I think early on, the Lakers had a really good game plan, and it worked uh, for a while. But I think the Grizzlies were able to, to, to kind of make some adjustments there at half and, and get back into the basketball game. But, but again, man, 2-1 and is really good. I mean, when I, when I looked at this four-game trip, um, even after the win last night, I was like, man, this is kind of feel this is going to be a tough one. And I, I think even from my expectations, second night of a back-to-back, man, you think they could have some tired legs. You know you're going to get the Lakers' best shot. I feel like they played really well. And, and I, got a, I got a sneaky feeling that if this game had gone overtime, I would have liked the Grizzlies' chances because it felt like they had some, some momentum there because every time the Lakers made a run, I mean, so, man, CGK, man, um, Carmel Anthony, certified Grizz killers. It seems like mm-hmm. always, man, going back to Portland, I mean, he's always, always had big games against the Grizzlies. He got loose, and, man, they just took some big shots. I mean, the Grizzlies took some body blows. They were able to bounce back, and if he had knocked down all those three, those three free throws and going to overtime, I feel good. I feel like the Grizzlies kind of had some momentum there, and I feel like they probably would have pulled it out. But, again, a lot of good things to take into the last two games of this trip against Portland and Golden State, get a couple days off. Uh, not back on the court till Wednesday night, so I think that's a good thing. I think they're going to be be ready to go on, on Wednesday to take on the Trailblazers, which is kind of their rival, man. They've they've had some battles over the years, and I I, I think no love lost between these two teams. And I think anytime these two teams get together, you're going to see a, a a pretty good basketball game. Yeah, yeah. You know, there there were three instances in the fourth quarter where the Lakers got wide-open looks from three. LeBron James had one at the top of the key. Malik Monk yep. had one at the top of the key. And then uh, Melo had one over around the elbow. And those were just blown assignments to me, man. You know, like the, there was not anybody close to them. There was nobody close enough to contest. The one that Melo made, he even had time to look down to make sure he was behind the line yeah. before he pulled up. Yeah. And still there was nobody there to contest it. And so, you know, you, you have to, you know, defensive lapses will happen from time to time. But in, in a game like this, you can't afford that. And that's really, to me, the the missed free throw, you know, it's at the end of the game. It's at a crucial point. If he makes that, maybe we go into to overtime here. But, you know, to me, that's nine points that they were wide open. Nobody contesting them, and that's a big swing. If they contest two out of those three and you miss one, we're looking at overtime or the Grizzlies winning this game, and that's, you know, whoever it was. I I couldn't tell you who was supposed to be guarding who in those situations. Um, But, you know, just just a missed assignment there, and – that's a you mentioned the back to back and somebody had asked I think it was Evan Evan Barnes asked John Moran about that and he's like man a couple years ago we were playing three, three games a day hey he you yeah. any of it he's like we, no. we can't use that back to back as an excuse and and that's man not that I needed another reason to like John Morant but he he is a zero excuses guy yeah and sign of a leader man huge man so. I, you know, I, I tweeted out during the game. I, I think that sometimes you gotta you gotta take a step back and and truly enjoy what we're getting to watch right now. This this guy is generational talent, man. I'm 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 at the point after watching him. You know, here we are, year three, and the things that he he's done already, and the things that he's capable of. 
we don't know where his ceiling is, but I, I really think that he is generational talent. And, you know, he said the, these first three games, man, like all-star and, and Desmond Bain said all NBA. And, and I don't think that those things are out of the question at all. No, but, but right now, I mean, he's an MVP candidate through three games. I know we're three games in, but I mean, he's just been phenomenal. I mean, to score 40 points on, on, on that stage and, Think about it is if you look last night, what he got thirty seven last night. I mean, and he didn't even play his best game. I mean, he struggled a little bit in the first half tonight, man. To come out with forty points, but he have ten assists. I mean, that's just like I said, we've never had this. I mean, people have brought up the the Mike Conley versus versus John Morant debate uh, over the last week or so since the season started. There's there's some people still saying that Mike Conley is a better player that you can't say that yet, and that's no disrespect to Mike Conley. Mike Conley is legendary here in the city. Part of the core four will we'll never replace that era. But Mike Conley has never been able to do some of the things that we're seeing from John Morant. Uh, I, I think, and I was talking to Anthony Sane about this a couple of days ago, if, if you put John Morant, this John Morant that we've got in the first three games on those teams with Pete Zebo, Pete Tony Allen, I think they have a banner up in FedEx Warm right now. And that's no disrespect to, to Mike Conley at all. Mike Conley is a fantastic player, has accomplished a lot in his league. Ja is only in his third year, hasn't had the accomplishments of Mike Conley, but Ja Morant is something different that we've never had anything like this on this Memphis Grizzlies team. And again, we don't know where his ceiling is. We're only two years and three games in, but it's tremendous to watch. And, and we're lucky. I don't want anybody to take this for granted because this is special, what we're seeing with Ja Morant. And the thing about it is, I think he even has another level that he can get to. And that's just scary stuff to think about man, to think that he could be even better than this. Like, I I really do think that there's a scenario where we could look up one day and John Morant's the best player in the NBA. And I know that's crazy. I know that sounds crazy, but I don't know how you could say that that's not possible right now. Yeah, especially the way that he started off this season. You know, I I had the, the exact conversation that you just brought up with one of my buddies. And I think where a lot of the disconnect is... Like, in the midst of the conversation, you know, he, he's more on the Mike Conley side. And I'm like, I'm not sitting here saying that Ja Moran has done more for the Grizzlies no. than what Mike Conley has done. Resume-wise, no. That it's, not, it's not close right now. I, I can admit that that is not close right now. But overall level of player, Ja Moran is better right now than Mike Conley has it, been in his entire career. And 100%. My, my buddy didn't want he he wasn't having any parts of it and i'm like i understand your love for mike conley i like mike i, I love mike you know he, he's he's not in memphis anymore but just like you said you can't replace what he done for the city what he done for this team in that era of grizzlies basketball but you have to admit john like john Morant will be an all-star I, it's if it does not happen this year which is highly likely the way that he's playing right now that it's going to happen this year it will happen very, very soon. And Mike Conley didn't get his all-star bid until after he left Memphis. And you can say, oh, that's because it was a loaded West. The West is still loaded with talent. There's still a lot of loaded talent in the West. And there's no doubt in my mind that right now, if you were having an all-star vote, that John Morant would be one of the leading vote-getters. Yeah, I mean, what, what he's doing right now transcends, transcends all the stuff you usually, usually see, right? Small market. Uh, maybe you're not one of the, the, the top tier teams. Yeah, he's the numbers he's putting up right now transcends all of that. He could be on a 
team that was have 10 wins at the, at the all-star break. And if he's putting up the kind of numbers he's putting up now, I think he'd be an all-star. I mean, that's, he's like all NBA MVP numbers right now. Now, where's he going to keep up at the level that he's at right now? Probably not. I don't think he's going to score 35, 40 points every night, but I kind of said that I would, that he could easily average 25, but he probably won't, man. I don't know, man. Watching what we're seeing now, I know DB is going to come back and he's going to get some shots, but, Man, I, the volume that he's getting right now, and again, he's had two games t- tonight and last night where there were times even early in the game, he didn't even play well tonight and came out with 40 points. So, I mean, he might average 22 to 25 points a game for the season. I mean, and I didn't think that was a possibility. I thought he'd probably be around 20. But with what we see in these first three games, man, I, I actually think that that might be a possibility. You know, I think efficiency is a, the biggest thing, man. You, you look like he was, what, 13 for 21. 13 for 21, yeah. Night. Five and seven three. He's just he's just been efficient this year, and that's something we didn't have that last year. You know, like he his field goal percentage last year, he was at forty four percent. Right now, he's at he's at fifty six percent. Is he going to maintain a fifty six percent field goal percentage throughout the season? I don't think that that is likely. To be to be honest with you, you know, because he's, I just. Maybe it is. Maybe it is like maybe he can, but that's just you don't generally see that type of a jump. You know, you may see a a little bit of an increase from, you know, 45 percent from the field up to, you know, 48, 49 percent. But, you know, like a full 10 or 12 point jump, I don't think that that's likely. But if he does maintain this level of efficiency throughout the season, man, it's it's going to be great for the Grizzlies. And I don't think we're going to be discussing the the play in at all. I don't think they're going to be close to the oh. play. No, man. If, if he keeps this up and you get DP back and he's even at the level that he was at last year, let alone he's improved this game, I, I think this team is, is a top six team in the West. I think there's no doubt. And I think this team really has an opportunity to compete for the Southwest division. I think it's going to be them in Dallas. I'm not really worried about the other teams in the division. As long as the Grizzlies are healthy, I think they're going to be right there uh, with the Mavericks. And, and it's going to be fantastic. And, and you talk about, go back to John Morant, I just love the confidence that he's shooting from three. I mean, the Grizzlies, the Lakers right there before the half were threatening to pull away. And, and John knocked down a few threes there and really kept them in the game. And, and it was only a six-point deficit at halftime. And that was huge, man. If he starts knocking down the three, people still, they still aren't respecting it. I mean, the Lakers were just leaving him wide open. And I tweeted at the half, I was like, man, he's just taking what defense gives them. If they're not going to jump out there and guard him, man, by all means, let it fly. And he did, man. He was knocking them down tonight, five or seven. And if they're not going to guard him out there, man, keep shooting them. And, and if him, he's knocking down threes, I mean, he's essentially unguardable. I mean, that's we talked about that last year. It's like if he comes back next season, he's more efficient from three. Not even what we've seen him doing right now. If he can get that number for the season to like 35%, 36%, something like that, I mean, he's Firstly, unguardable, man. What are you going to do? I mean, because he can, if you, you step out three, he's just going to blow by you and go to the basket. It's just scary, man, how how good he can be. Uh, but I do want to ask you about uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, and some, some more people back on him tonight, man. Had a good game last night. Not a great game uh, offensively tonight. Uh, but, but what do you kind of think about Jaron Jackson Jr.? He's kind of been up and down a little bit. I mean, he's been solid across the board all the way, but a lot of people are – upset about his offense if he's not scoring 20 points a game they see that contract he just got people getting their feelings about him man what what are kind of your thoughts on that they're just gonna have to get the hell over it like just to be (laughs) completely blunt man 
you he he is not going to go out there night in and night out and have a great game every night. We're we're getting that from Ja early on in the season, but Ja will have an off game at some point. It's going to happen. You know, Jaron doesn't have the same skill set that Ja has, and you know, like look at the matchup. Look at who is guarding him the majority of the night. An all defensive player in Anthony Davis. You know, like he, he finished third in defensive player of the year, and I think it was either 17 or 18. You know, he's a guy that's in the defensive player of the year conversation when he's really – you look at this Lakers defense last year when he was on the floor compared to when he was off the floor, and it was a massive, massive difference because of his ability to alter shots. And so, you know, you can get mad and upset because he had a he had a – you say a bad game, he didn't shoot the ball well, but he didn't really have an awful game. 12 points, five rebounds. He had a couple block shots and a steal. You know, he, he was still, even though he didn't score the ball very well, he was still a plus nine. Yeah, so, four, four for the free throw line, which you know, stepped like, up and knocked two big ones down there late in the game that they had to have. And yeah. I talked about that last night on the show. I was like, that's one thing that I love about Jared is, as a big, he's a guy that when he gets fouled late in the game, you feel pretty good with him going to the free throw line. I think that's another big positive of him. And, and again, like I said, I, I'm not saying I'm saying he has have a bad game. I'm saying like other fans or anytime you, they don't see him 20 to they want 20 and 10 every night. If they don't see that, they're like, Oh man, he needs to get in the paint more. He's just out there shooting threes. And I, I just, but he did, I, I don't man. get it. I know, this is the thing. I know. When, when, he, when the threes were not falling, he started attacking down low. He got to the free throw got line, free throw he line. He yeah. four, four free throws, which is not a ton. But he shot those four free throws because the outside shot wasn't falling. So he started attacking the basket. And, and that's, you know, you, you make adjustments during the game. He done that. He He's just – I don't know what their expectations are for him. I, a lot of, I think a lot I'm of it fine. has to do – yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the injuries. I think a lot of people are upset that he's missed a lot of time. So they're ultra critical. They have every Everything he does, they micromanage it because they're upset about the injuries. I think that's – the main thing and now that he got this contract and he said this all summer that people were going to be upset he got this contract they're going to micromanage every game and that's what we're seeing already three games and he hasn't played bad at all and had a really good game last night so i i just think it's crazy man even in what you call a quote bad game 12 points five rebounds and a steal a couple blocks knocked down two threes four four from the free throw line like you said plus nine i mean that's still a, a really really solid game yeah Let's talk about the things like the 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 big knocks on Jaron heading into the season, where his rebounding and his ability and to stay on the floor because yeah. of foul trouble. He's his his foul rate right now. He is almost a full like three eight four one three eight. That's what he's been throughout his career. He's below that by almost a full foul. And you look at his rebounding so far this year, he's a full rebound ahead of where he's been at his entire career. He's making adjustments. His his game is getting better, but he's not going to walk out here and be a 20 and 10 guy every night. If that's your expectation for Jaron Jackson Jr., you're going to be disappointed and pissed off a lot throughout this year. Cause that's not him. He's going to have games when he blows up and, you know, he'll have a game where he makes seven or eight threes and, you know, and he scores 30, 35, maybe 40 points. Like he'll have games like that. That will happen. But as far as a consistent 20 and 10, I don't think that you're going to see that every night, maybe later in his career, but I don't think we're, the, we're here right now. And that's, you know, with, with Desmond Bain 
and DeAnthony Melton playing the way that they're playing, you don't have to have Jaron dropping 20 and 10. Desmond Bain tonight, you know, he didn't shoot the ball well from three. He was seven for 15 from the field, only two for seven from three, but 17 points, five rebounds, four assists. DeAnthony Melton, three for five from three, five for 12 from the field. He had 13 points. You know, Steven Adams was a monster tonight. He had eight it's offensive big. rebounds, 16 total, and put up 14 points. So, do you need – would it have been nice to have Jaron with a 20-10 and 10 night? Sure, but you don't have to have that from him. You need him on the floor because of what he brings defensively for this team, and he done those things. He, he like, two block shots and a steal. Those are not big numbers, but those are things – that impact the game and and rim protection is something that he is going to bring and you, you got to have him out there. He's not out there fouling a ton. And so he's staying on the floor. You know, we're not happy because he's fouling too much. Well, now he's not fouling as much. He's staying on the floor and now yeah. we're mad. because he's, he's not 20 20 and 10. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what you guys want from him, man. I'm, I'm fine with this game tonight. I, you know, three for 12. I would love to see that a little bit better, but, it's it's part of the game. You know, you're going to have nice where you go three for 12. It's just going to happen. And the guy guarding you is going to be, you know, Anthony Davis had four block shots. How many of those four block shots were on Jared? I know one of them wasn't for sure because Melton tried to dunk on him, and that was kind of laughable. But, you know, like that that's taken into consideration who's guarding him before you start trying to tear this guy down because he only had 12 and five. Yeah, I mean, you, you like you said, you're going up against an all-NBA defender and Anthony Davis. I mean, I, I think he still had a fantastic game. I, I just think people, again, I just think it goes back to the injuries and people just kind of have this these negative thoughts about Jaron and they're going to micromanage every game that he that he plays. And especially now that he got the contract, he has kind of a target on his back. So I think this is something that we're going to be dealing with all year. But, but one thing that's really impressive, I mean, Monster died on the board for the Grizzlies. I mean, you talk about the size of the Lakers. Grizzlies won a rebound battle, 49 to 36, plus 13, and plus nine in offensive rebounds, 18 offensive rebounds for the Grizzlies to nine to the Lakers. And that's impressive going up against uh, a front line of this size. And shout out to my guy, Mike Weisenberg. He said he's going to be at the game on Wednesday night in, in Oregon. Uh, we had him on the show back in the summer. Great, great draft, draft analyst, man. I love, love talking with him. I've been talking with him about his trailblazers. He's not happy with what's going on with, with Chauncey Billups so far in their defense, but uh, he said he's going to be out there the game. So shout out to Mike. He just hit me up on, on Twitter. Uh, but uh, when you go back to, to Melton and, and Bain, and we talked about them with, with DB being out, and, and hopefully when DB does come back, whichever one of these guys goes to the bench, kind of keep up the production that they have. But uh, another good night from him. I mean, Bain, not a great night shooting from three, but between the two guys, I mean, it's 30 points, eight rebounds, uh, seven assists, six steals, and five threes. I mean, you'll take that any night between those two guys. I mean, still – Really good game for both guys, even though Bain uh, wasn't wasn't exactly hot from three tonight. I mean, just great production from from both of those guys. And again, man, anytime you get that plus what you get from job, man, this team is going to be hard to beat. And again, you bring DB back, and if you're still getting that same production from both guys, I think that makes this team the ceiling that we talked about. I think it makes it even higher uh, because I think Bain being an extra, being being at the level that he is, is like kind of a something the icing on the cake. I want to say. To, to what we already knew going into the season. We expected Jerry to be better. We expected John to take another leap. And, and with those two guys, with consistency from Bain and Melton, and you got DB coming back, hopefully adding to his game. Uh, again, man, I, I don't think we're talking about a, 
of playing at all. Again, I think this team's going to be right there in the mix for the Southwest Division for Dallas, and that's fantastic. I mean, it's growth. That's what you want to see from year to year. Uh, they didn't didn't make it into the playoffs the first year they were in the play-in. Last year, to make it into the play-in, this year would be great to see that next step, which would be to be a top six seed in the West. Yeah, you know what? We talked about this a little bit last night and, you know, what's going to happen whenever, when Dylan does come back. And I think that, you know, obviously it makes the Grizzlies better because you have that, that bench unit has struggled scoring the ball. Yeah. Some, some of that is because Kyle Andel, Kyle Anderson shooting struggles. And Joe Mullinax mentioned something on Twitter uh, this evening about it. And he's like, something just looks weird about Kyle's shot. And it's that hitch that he had, man. The, yeah. the hitch at the top of that shot. He had that. It was gone last year. It was yeah, not it's definitely there more. Last it's definitely year. more prominent. It's definitely more prominent this season. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I don't know. You know, it, it's hard to say for sure exactly what it is, but you didn't notice that hitch as much last year. And I don't know if it's a hesitation from him, if he lost some confidence over the offseason or what it is. But, you know, th- like, the 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 bench unit has just been struggling to get the, get the ball in the basket. So when you move one of these guys, whether it's Desmond Bain or DeAnthony Melton, out of the starting lineup to that bench unit, that gives you a guy coming off of the bench that's capable of filling it up, and that just makes this team better. We saw Tillman for the first time tonight, and a lot of that had to do with the size of the Lakers. Size of the Lakers. But, you know, that that's – to me – you know, you have guys that are not your typical, like Jaron Jackson is not your typical five or four. Kyle Anderson can play the three or four. Um, you know, you've got Brandon Clark and Steven Adams that are more like traditional big men. And, you know, Brandon's trying to stress the floor. The, the threes just aren't really falling for him. But, you know, I, I to me, there's no reason that you couldn't play William or uh, Tillman and Clark in this in the same rotation, and I know you know we we had some uh, we had some interaction on Twitter last night after the show, and they're like, you know, it's it's either going to be Clark or Tillman. Yeah, and, and I get I, what and you're I, I saying. Yeah, but, but I don't with, think that has to be the case, though. Yeah, you know, just because the the capability, like you can't run a lineup that has Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark, and Xavier Tillman, like that can't happen. But you can run a lineup out there that has Tillman and Jaron or Brandon and Jaron. Yeah. You know, like you, you can stagger these minutes where these guys are out there. And, and you know, Tillman and Clark can be on the floor at the same time as the four and the five. It's all about the, the rest of the personnel that you put around them. So, yeah, I, I get the, you know, Jitty is the, the wing guy whenever a wing goes down. I understand that, but – like to me, he's still not the tenth best player on this roster, and I think that the rotations are better when Tillman is in them. Yeah, man, I don't know why there's this misnomer that people have that if a guy is out, they have to be replaced by one single guy, and that's not the case. You can redistribute, distribute those minutes any way you want to. You could play, like you said, uh, BC and X at, at different times with in different mixed lineups on the floor. I mean, it doesn't have to be one guy like if you lose a wing it has to be one wing and that's the only, only guy you can play to make up those minutes that's just not the case uh but you can kind of stagger those minutes between multiple guys but uh one one thing i do want to go back to kyle 
and, and I mentioned this uh, right back before the season started, weirdly, due to media at media day, and I hadn't heard him say this at all last year, Kyle just kind of threw on there, threw in there at the end of his availability that he still basically hinted that he still has issues with his shoulder and that it's just going to be something that he's going to have to deal with. And I thought that was strange because I hadn't heard him say that. I thought he was completely healthy uh, last season. And you go back to that hitch in his shot, maybe that, that shoulder is bothering him again. I just kind of thought that was weird that he threw that in there because it kind of kind of struck me because I hadn't heard him say that at all or even mention the shoulder last year. It was just kind of weird that he threw that in there. So maybe that's what we're seeing. Maybe he there's something going on with that shoulder again. Yeah, yeah, you know, I that didn't even cross my mind, but you you may be right about that, man. That that may be exactly what's uh what what's causing it for him. Yeah, I, I think the injury thing could definitely definitely be it, man. Um, I, I think I'm gonna probably wrap it up here pretty quickly. It sounds like um you know a uh, hurricane's moving through. So <laughs> don't want to uh, get the show interrupted here. Do you got anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here, man? Man, just, just really quickly, man. Grizzlies with, with two days off, I think they, they need it coming off a tough back-to-back. Almost pulled both of them off, man. But get two days off, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, another back-to-back at, at Portland, at Golden State. If they could find a way to, to win one of those games, come out of here two and two, to be three and two through the first five games without DB, I think that would be fantastic. And that was kind of my goal going in, I think. The Clippers game and Portland game were kind of the two that I looked at that I felt like they had the best chance of winning. I knew the Lakers game would be tough, and, and I feel like Golden State will be tough as well. They Sure, they had this one circle coming off that loss in the play-in last year. They're going to be looking for some revenge. Steph Curry's playing out of his mind right now, but that's going to be a fun matchup as well, man, to see John and Steph Curry, two of the guys that have really played well here to open the season, go at it. Uh, so it's going to be going to be fun, man. I'm, I'm ready for the next one, man. I, I know they need the two days off, man, but selfishly, I wish – we had to board Grizzlies basketball before that. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm the same, man. I, it's good. And, you know, last year at the, the end of the season, we didn't have more than one day off in between all of the games. And so it, it's kind of crazy to, you know, <laughs> here, here we are in the season. We're going to have two days in a row with no Grizzlies yeah. basketball. I standing here. I don't know what to do with my hands, man. I don't know <laughs> what to do with them. So guys, we appreciate you too today. We're going to go ahead and get out of here again. I'm, I'm, fighting hurricane type weather i don't know what it is it's making a lot of noise out there but uh you can get me on twitter i am at dwell 2111 the show is at hootball grizz we will be back following the portland game for a post game show i don't think we'll have time to get anything in in between now and then but we may we'll see but we'll be back for sure for that one and then uh post game for the golden state game isaac let them know where they can find you and get us out of here man yeah, man, late, late nights, man, on these West Coast trips. But you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals, man. Go over there and give me a follow. Always talking Grizz, sports, and, and other things in general, man. It's very active on there. So go in there and give me a follow if you please. But, again, man, we'll be back uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, there's another late night at Portland. Hopefully we'll be talking about uh, a 3 one Grizzly team. And until then, uh, we go. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.